0: Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church, located in Newberry, Florida, where Rocky McKinley is our lead pastor. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Y'all good? Oh, it's good to be with you. I don't know where I'm at, and I drove, but it's good to be with you. I just did whatever that girl on the phone said to do, all right? That tells you right there I've been married 26 years, all right? Everybody do me a favor. Look, look, here's the deal. I'm black, all right? And I'm a black preacher from the South, all right? So if you've never been with a black preacher from the South on a Sunday morning, this is the best day of your life, all right? So right now, touch the person beside you, look at them, and say, I got to talk to you. That's number one. Number two, everybody look up here and say, come on, Reggie. Okay, that's real good. Number three, we're going to have a good time. I don't care where you've been, I don't care what you've done, it's all good. Now look at your neighbor, stare him in the eye and say, all right, all right, all right. Oh, that's good. Somebody didn't do it for the person on the other side of you. Look at him and say, hey, all right, all right, all right. Oh, I'm going to tell you, now look, I'm going to be honest, y'all. Jesus coming back. No, I got proof. The Cubs won the World Series, Jesus coming back. Oh, if you ain't living right, you better check yourself. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just I'm just saying. It's good to be here. Um, if you got a Bible, you want to go to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. Here's what I got. Now look, all I do, I got a Bible story. We can learn a lot from a Bible story, but that's all I got is one Bible story. Some of y'all might have heard this before, but the way I do it, a little bit different. I like to take what happened then and put it to way we can understand it now. So I'm going like, to let you see it through my eyes, Reggie. Eyes, Reggie's. I'm not changing the Bible, I'm just letting you see how crazy it is up here because I ain't right, y'all. I ain't right. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, I already know he ain't right. Don't you didn't have to say it that loud, sir? All right, Luke chapter 19, verse number one. The Bible says this Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Now, look, I got to give you something. I went on one of those trips to like Jerusalem and Israel. And on my trip, they talked about Luke 19. Check this out. The guide, the he said, Jesus in Luke chapter 19, this is where he found that dude Zacchaeus up in the tree. He said, the Bible says he was passing through Jericho. He should have never went through Jericho. He went the long way. When he finally got where he originally was going, he could have went four other ways. that was a lot quicker than going through Jericho. Why did he go through Jericho? Because he wanted to meet one person. See, Jesus is God's son, and God is the ruler of the world, but he's a God that cares about the one. They had a little story in the Bible about how a shepherd left 99 sheep just to look for one, and he searched all night just to find the one. And when he found him, he held him, took him in his house, and made sure he was okay. See, that's not me. If I left 99 sheep for one and missed Monday night football, I'm going to kick that little sheep through the goalposts of life. That's what I'm going to do, because I still got 99. (laughs) But that's why I'm not God, All right. It's good. It's good. So this is what I love about the Bible. The Bible can teach us stuff that God thinks about you. See, God does not love you. God does not care about you. That's what you think God is for you. What God is for you is totally different than what you think of yourself. Because you know what God says? He made you. He created you. He breathed life in you. Am I going too black right now? Or should I slow down a little bit? Oh, I'm all right? He, He made you. He made you, he made you. He knows everything about you. You don't have to hide. Now, look, I know life can be messed up. I know life can cause pain. I know, ladies, I know good and well, there's some pain in life that Clinique and Mac can't cover up with their makeup. That was good right there. I know, y'all like that. I know, I know, I know. So Jesus was passing through. He wasn't even supposed to be there. Verse 2. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. Stop right there. So let me explain this one. So this dude, Zacchaeus, went to your house. He would go to your job, and he would collect money from you because you got to pay taxes. Then he'd leave your house, he'd leave your job, and get in his Maserati and drive away. If you don't know what a Maserati is, don't worry about it. If you do, then you know that brother had a car a lot better than your car. Who got a broke-down truck? Anybody got a broke-down truck? It'd be like this dude in his brand-new $100,000 Maserati coming and taking money from you that you could fix your broke-down. Did you hear about the two farmers at a farmer convention? One was from New York, and the other was from Texas, and they got talking. And the guy from New York said, he said, the guy said, hey, how you doing? He says, good. Where you from? Go goes, Texas. He said, where you from? He goes, I said, are you from? I said, New York. And the guy from Texas said, how big is your farm? He goes, it's pretty big, you know, a couple thousand acres. He went, oh. And then he goes, how about yours? And the guy from Texas goes, I can get my truck early in the morning, drive until the sunset, and I'm still not on the other end of my property. The guy from New York said, I used to have a truck like that too, but I sold it. <laughs> that had nothing to do with this sermon, but it was, it was funny, and somebody liked it, all right? <laughs> That's good. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, where's my pastor? Oh, no, no, not don't, don't do that. Goes, so the dude's rich. <laughs> Sir, did you just explain that joke to her? You did, did you? It's all right, man. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> She's all right. That's the funniest thing that'll happen in the next two weeks. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Ah. Verse 3. Okay, by the way, I don't like him. I don't like this dude, Zacchaeus. Why? Because he got a Maserati. Okay, I ain't got no Maserati. He got a Maserati. That's not right. So here it is. He took my money to get it, all right? Because he's rich. Verse 3. He wanted, Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Oh, this is good, y'all. Now, he ain't only rich driving a Maserati. He a hobbit from New Zealand, all right? This little brother has to sit on a phone book to drive his car. Little middle school. You don't even know what a phone book is. All right, let's go on. Is everybody all right? Am I going too fast? Are we getting this? You, some of y'all grew up in church. You're like, I ain't never heard this like this. That's good. All right. Oh, I like Zacchaeus, though. Of everything I don't like, verse 4 is why I like him. So he ran ahead and climbed the sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was going that way. I like that. You know why? He didn't care what people said. He didn't care how they made fun of him. He didn't care that they wouldn't let a little short guy get in front of the crowd to see who Jesus was, but he didn't give up either. Don't let other people distract you from what you got to do. You know God has a plan for your life. You're still breathing on a Sunday morning. He's got purpose for you, and you just got to hold on to the good. Hold on to that fact. Touch your neighbor and say, hold on. Answer that neighbor and say, all right, all right, all right. Now touch your neighbor and say, don't you give up. Yeah. Now look at that person and say, because it's going to be a wonderful world. Y'all thought I just played music to play it. No, everything has something to do with what I'm talking about. Let's keep going. The dude climbed a tree. Now, first of all, if he's so short that the Bible says he's short, he had to be really short. I just want to see the video on how he got that first limb to climb up that tree. He like, Never mind. Let's just go. Oh, go Zach is going to be mad at me when I get to heaven. All right. <laughs> Everybody do me a favor. I'm going to give you my title now. Touch somebody beside you and say, this is your spot. Touch somebody else and say, hey, this is your spot. Come on, now turn around and hit somebody behind you. Make them look at you and say, hey, this is your spot. (laughs) That's good, that's good, that's good. So here's Zacchaeus, they wouldn't let him get in front of the crowd, he takes people's money, he's really rich, he drives a Maserati, wanted to see who Jesus was, climbs a tree. Now at verse 5, here's why this is the title. It says in verse 5, when Jesus reached the spot, get it? I know I'm smart with these titles, man. That's pretty good. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. i I'm must stay at your house today. Stop right there. Who told Jesus that brother's name? I started at verse 1. Nobody told him that boy's name. You know why? Because Jesus is half God, half man. He's God's only son. And God made Zacchaeus. God exhaled and Zacchaeus inhaled. So he knew exactly who he was. Why? Because God told him who he was. So he knew that he was going to be in that tree. That's why he even went through that. That town. Dude, this is so good because guess what? This is your spot today. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, you may still be a little hungover. You may still have a little buzz going on, but I'm going to tell you, Jesus brought you to this room, brought you to this spot so that he can say your name. He's going to say your name. So Zacchaeus is in the tree. Jesus stops, looks up and goes, Zacchaeus, come down. I got to come to your house today. You know he almost fell out of that tree. One, how does the son of God know my name? It's amazing when you realize he knows your name. And maybe today's your spot. Verse six. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Verse seven. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He's going to be the guest of a sinner. I hate people. (laughs) Don't laugh because you know I'm right. Anybody having a really good day, you get a brand new car and somebody cuts it down. You just got that car. Anybody ever like having a really good day and somebody make fun of your shoes? You just want to take the shoe. Okay, I'm going to go on now. Anybody in I hate people. Sometimes they make me mad. But you know what? Let me tell you where you're at. I know you in a school cafeteria, but you're at church today. And let me tell you what kind of church you're at. They should have put hospital on the name of this church. Because you at the hospital. You see, a doctor doesn't go in the emergency room, blood going everywhere, and say, what's his name, where's he from, and uh, where's his address? That dude will walk in the emergency room see a hole, and he'll stop the bleeding. That's what this church is. You don't have to stop the bleeding before you come here. You come here to learn how to stop the bleeding. You don't have to clean up to come here. You come here and learn how God can clean you up. You don't have to be perfect to be in this room. You learn how to just love Jesus in this room, because nobody's perfect. Look at me. This is a church that I some of you like, "How do you know? This is your first time here? I ain't going to waste my time anywhere. I did my homework. Plus, I know your pastor. And you know what? He's the doctor for your soul. He can talk you through it. He can help you out. He can be there for you. He ain't going to judge you. Out of anybody I know who's a preacher, he's one of the guys I know. He is not going to judge you. Instead, do you notice what he said about the little boy who ran to the altar? He says, I couldn't catch him. So you know what that means? You have a pastor that will run after you. Y'all didn't catch the small print in his little story before we started today. So don't worry about it. You're in good hands today. You're in a safe spot today. It's all good. But sometimes people just make me mad. They just mad because Jesus didn't say he'd come into their house. But check this out. Jesus has said nothing. All Jesus said is, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm coming to your house. That's all he said. People started making fun of the man. And look at verse 8. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, here and now I'll give half my possession to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody, I'll pay them back four times the amount. Jesus hadn't said a word. He didn't say nothing. And this dude's confessing his sin. Why? Because he's in the presence of greatness. He knows that he has nowhere else to turn. There's nowhere else to go. I might as well be the man that this guy wants me to be. Someday and hopefully as soon you'll realize there's nowhere else to lie there's nowhere else to turn there's nowhere else to sin you might as well come clean and be the man and the woman God wants you to be because he loves you. I like this verse 9 then Jesus finally spoke. Jesus said nothing and the dude got saved. Now Jesus is like today salvation has come to the house of this man for he too is the son of Abraham and I love verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what is lost. That's a good, that's a good story. Now look, I got to help you out with something. So just help me, bear with me just for a couple of minutes. I'm not a long-winded speaker because I do public schools. And when the bell ring, it's lunch, okay? And so if you go over the bell, you're in trouble. And I know some of you at the early service because you want to beat the Baptist to the cafe today, all right? <laughs> Because you know they get all the white meat, and you're like, uh, I'm gonna cheat them. I'm going to early service. I'm gonna get the white meat today. I got that. I understand that. I understand that. I understand. Some of you ain't lying, are you? Brother in the back, like, how do he you know, honey? <laughs> so, so, so today, I gotta, you gotta help me touch your neighbor and say, he ain't, he ain't lying. Touch your other neighbor and say, he telling the truth. Now, before I go any further, let me explain to you what I get to do. I speak to 1.5 million public school students face-to-face every year, (laughs) every year. They say that I speak to more kids than anybody on the face of the planet Earth. I love it. Uh, Tomorrow morning, I will be in five schools in Nork, New Jersey. Nork, New Jersey, the school district was fired, and the federal government took over the public schools in Nork, New Jersey. This is my second trip there, and it's not good. Y'all, if you think of Reggie, pray for him for the next five days, all right? Because if I'm going to die, it'll be this week, all right? (laughs) No, you don't understand. Last year I was there, and I said, I just came here to tell you. And it was a high school. There were 900 kids in the auditorium. I said, and I had to get serious. And I said, I came here to tell you somebody loves you, somebody cares about you, and today it's me. Fat black man loves you. And the kid in the back went blankety-blank-blank. Get out of my school. So I jumped off the stage with a microphone like this. I ran to the back and said, say it again. Say it again. Then I realized where I was. (laughs) please. (laughs) And the kid is like, he's sitting down. He looked at him and goes, do you want to die? And he moved his jacket and showed me the gun that was in his belt. I said, go ahead, shoot me. You're going to send me where I want to go anyway. I don't care. I got insurance. My wife will be fine. She'll find somebody else to take care of her. I'm all good. Everybody started laughing. The guy goes, you crazy. I said, I'm crazy because I care about you. And I'm willing to put my life on the line so that you can find hope. And I looked at him and I said this, if you are lost today, I came to find you. If you are hopeless, I am your hope. If you have no love, I will be love until I say goodbye. Because this is what I do. And the boy literally, and, and all the, there's no teachers in the room. They ain't even come. He goes, okay, okay, you win. Go ahead, man. My bad. Finish my show. Went to the bathroom, threw up. <laughs> I ain't lying to y'all, dude. I, I thought I was going to die. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> what the world? <laughs> y'all could have probably left. I but hey, that's just it. Why do I do it? Who will? Who else is going to go? 26 years I've been married. I've been doing this for 31 years, public schools. I've seen everything twice. Now and then, I've seen all this, been all those places, and you know what I did when I walked in here? Jesus, someday let me do this school, let me do an assembly program, standing on this platform, but not to church people, to sixth and seventh and eighth graders. When I got to your town, right, I came down this little road, and it said, "Welcome to what is it? New? What is it? Say? Yeah, yeah, yeah." I said, "I want this school. I want every school. I want elementary, middle school, high school. I want them all. Cause I, I don't know." I just got this idea that everybody needs hope. And I'm not here for no reason. So if you're a teacher, faculty, staff member at a school, and you'd like to see me come to your school, come see your, princi- your, your principal. <laughs> <laughs> he is your principal. <laughs> come see your pastor. We'll see what we can do. I got, I got a feeling it's going to happen, though, but, but it's good. So, so let me give you something. Here it is. Every year I go overseas in the summertime. When everybody closes schools down, we go overseas. Uh, This past summer, I was like in Australia, New Zealand, Indonesia, the Philippines, uh, Japan, and China. All right. Uh, Last summer, it was Africa and also Europe and also back to New Zealand. So a year ago, when I had to go to New Zealand, I had to leave Fort Myers, Florida and fly to New Zealand. To get there, you fly from Fort Myers to Texas, Texas to California, California, New Zealand. Let me break it down hour. Two hours from uh, Fort Myers to Texas, then four hours from Texas to California, San Francisco, and then 15 and a half hours from San Francisco to New Zealand, which is cool because they got free movies. I love free movies, all right? You can go anywhere with free movies. Now the first flight everything was cool everything was fine everything was great the second flight the plane broke okay now look look there's a girl looking at me like oh my lord his plane broke no it didn't crash. If a plane crashes, <laughs> normal-sized people can survive a plane crash. Yes, they can. But when you're this big, you dead. <laughs> and whoever's sitting beside you, she's dead too, all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, so it was on the ground when it broke. It took them three hours to fix the plane. By the time they fixed the plane and I got to California, I had to run from one terminal to the other terminal to catch my flight to get to New Zealand. So I'm running through the airport. I don't know if you've ever seen people run through the airport. It's pretty cool. But I'm pretty sure you've never seen a 200 95-pound brother running through the airport because that's awesome, all right? If I had a GoPro camera, I could have made some money that day because all you can hear is, look out! But people were grabbing their children. (laughs) Women were grabbing their purses. (laughs) One dude yelled, ISIS is coming. I didn't know what he was trying to say. But by the time I got to the ticket counter at Air New Zealand, I was tired, so I'm like, (laughs) and the lady goes, you all right? I'm like, she goes, "Are you going to New Zealand?" I'm like, who, who, who. "She said, "The plane's gone." Oh. I said, "What? You left me." She said, "I'm sorry, but what's your name?" I said, "Reggie." She goes, "What's your last name?" I said, "Dabs, get it." <laughs> if you understood that, that's good. If you did not, let it go. Just let it go." <laughs> She said, Mr. Dabbs, I got a note for you. It says, we're so sorry. Everything's fine. We called New Zealand. They push your schools one day. We're going to take you there tomorrow. We got a hotel for you. And look, out that door, see that limousine? It's yours. it says, take you anywhere you want to go. He'll bring you back tomorrow, and you can go to New Zealand, okay? I went, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> okay, now you know good and well, I had a limousine in San Francisco. I didn't go straight to a hotel. You know where I went, right? McDonald's. And you know I ordered through the drive-thru. And when I got to the window to pay the bill, I'm standing in the sunroof. Yeah. It was good. I know. I thought it was good. I got to the room, and it was like midnight in California. That's 3 a.m. here, okay? So brother got to go to bed. So I was sleeping. I was out. I was gone. I was out. And then the voice in my head woke me up, and it was like, "Uh uh-oh. And I said, "Uh uh-oh, what? And my voice said, "Uh uh-oh. Y'all ain't going to believe this. On the last week of August, a year ago, in San Francisco, California, in the MC Suite Hotel on the 10th floor, I was in an earthquake. Everything was shaking. The floor shaking, the, the bed shaking, the, 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 the curtains were shaking, the TV shaking, and I'm just like, ha! Ah! All I could think of was, I'm on the 10th floor. <laughs> I wonder who under me on the ninth floor. Whoever it is, they're gonna die. <laughs> I jumped out of bed. I was like, huh? By the time I jumped up, it was over. Everything stopped. So I grabbed a remote, turned on the TV. And it was like this weather dude in the early morning. And he's like, did y'all feel that? That was an earthquake. Tomorrow's going to be sunny in 72. (laughs) You can't go to the weather, and I'm like, what is this? So I grabbed my iPad, I went on Wi-Fi, I put earthquake in the search, and I hit the search, and the first thing that popped up a year ago in August was this. Armenia, formerly a part of the Soviet Union, earthquake, 6.8 on the Richter scale, December 7th, 1988. Thousands dead, thousands injured, father love son. So I read it again. Earthquake, Armenia, formerly part of the Soviet Union, 6.8 on the Richter scale, December 7th, Thousands dead, thousands injured, father love son, father love son, what does that got to do with anything, father love son, but if you know iPads, if you touch anything on the search screen, it'll take you there, so I touched father love son, and this is what it said, on December 7, 1988, a dad opened his son's bedroom door, it was so early, but it was so quiet, that he realized his son was still asleep, so the dad did something a little strange, he fell on all four, and crawled across the bedroom floor, when he peeked over the edge of the bed, he started whispering the same phrase over and over again. And every time he said it, he got a little louder. He said this I'll always be here for you. I'll always be here for you. I'll always be here for you. Then it got a little weird. I'll always be here for you. <laughs> Okay, I just added that part. I thought it would be great. (laughs) Right after Halloween and all. (laughs) I don't like scary movies. You know why? Black people die first. That's why I don't like scary movies. (laughs) It's just not good. You know I'm right. (laughs) That's so great. Nobody laughed except the black people. (laughs) All the white people looking at the black people. Can we laugh? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) letting I'm sorry let's just go on the dad got so loud that the little boy was laughing his head off and the dad scooped him up like he did every day got him shower dressed, fed him breakfast and they walked hand in hand to the school at the end of the street the first time the dad ever told his son I'll always be there for you was the day that the dad buried his wife and that the little boy said goodbye to his mom She was in a car accident, and there was nothing they could do to save her. The dad, a lawyer, quit his high-paying job, took another job where he didn't go to work till after his son started school, and he left work before his son got out of school. But on that day, he just didn't know at the school gate on December 7, 1988. He hugged his son and got on his knees and said, I'll always be here for you. And the little boy goes, Daddy, I love it when you say that. Hugged his dad and ran up the steps in the school. The dad never got to work. The earthquake hit so strong. Buildings were collapsing. He dropped his briefcase, never found it again. All he could think of was his son. So he turned and started running back to the school. He turned left, right, left, and right again. When his eyes could see the school, what he saw with his eyes made him vomit on the concrete. It was a three-story school. There was 1,000 students. Everyone was in a classroom when the earthquake hit. The building was too weak. It collapsed on itself, burying every kid. There was nothing but the school gate and the steps leading into the school that you could recognize. The dad ran up to those steps. He closed his eyes and he thought back to the first day of school. And you know why, my brother? On the first day of school, he did not just take his son to the steps. He took him to the classroom. So one, he knew it was eight steps to get in the building. Two, turn left and go 29 steps down the hall. Three, turn right and go 13 steps Four, turn left, and he's in front of the classroom door. When he opened his eyes, he's still outside. So you know what he did? The dad started digging. He dug for two, five, nine, twelve, fifteen hours. He stopped at 15 because he couldn't feel his hands anymore. He took his shirt off because of the sharp rocks and glass. He cut his hands. He wrapped his hands in his shirt. Kept digging 15, 19, 21, 24. An entire day and night he dug, but he didn't stop. At 27, he started hallucinating. At 32, he started vomiting nothing but air. At, 50, at 39 hours hours there was a piece of concrete he couldn't move so he found a piece a piece of iron shoved it in the crack of that concrete somehow got the leverage it moved over and there was a hole in the ground he laid on his stomach 39 hours after the earthquake started and he yelled in the hole son son and he heard his son yell back dad I knew you'd come dad I told him you'd come he put his hand in the hole he started crying he said take my hand son take my hand and the boy goes I can't he goes are you stuck he goes no he goes what's wrong he goes dad you got to take my friends first And he felt a hand, and he pulled a kid out, and another, and another. Twenty-three times he reached in the hole. Twenty-three times he grabbed a kid, but the twenty-third time it was his son. When he pulled his son out, they both started crying. I'm sitting on the edge of my bed in this Embassy Suite Hotel, and I'm reading this story early in the morning, and it hit me. All this voice in my head said was, who would come for you? Who would come for you? Who would come for you? Who would dig you up? And I started thinking to myself, no, 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 because see? You got to know what I tell the kids. 1.5 million kids every year hear me say this. I don't have a family. When I was eight, my mom and dad came to school for parent-teacher conference, and I noticed when we left, all my friends' parents were young, and my parents were old. I remember asking them, why are you old? And they told me, they told me that my mom gave me away. They told me that I have a brother and two sisters I'll never know. My brother's name is Keith. My sisters are Anna and Jeanette. That my mom said that she wished she'd never had me. She wished she'd never seen me. She said I was a mistake. I should have never been born. And at eight years old, I was highly suicidal from eight to 21. But don't look so sad. I'm not 21. I told you I'm 53. But do you know, it's okay. Don't have pity for me. All those years I wanted to die made me the speaker that I am today. Gives me the ability to reach the unreachable. My mom slept with a man for $20 because her husband left. She was living on an abandoned farm in a chicken coop. Had to get food for my brother and my two sisters. So I'm 20 bucks. Oh, don't feel bad. I'm worth more than $20. Everybody goes, how'd you make it? Oh, two reasons. Number one, when I was 12 years old, it was 3 o'clock in the morning. Anybody ever notice that the darker it gets outside physically, the darker it gets on the inside? Anybody ever wake up in the middle of the night and everything wrong and rolling through your head? You're like, why me? Why me? It's okay. I was 12. It was 3 a.m. I started thinking, I don't, I don't want to live. My foster care dad walked in. He's a school janitor. He, he mopped the floor, cleaned the poop in the toilet. But He's my hero. He like Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, Iron Man, Wolverine, all wrapped up in a black man with a mop, all right? <laughs> Do you know what he did that night? He walked in my bedroom, put his hand on my chest and said, I cannot give you my blood, but if you let me, I'll give you my heart. Which means somebody loved me. All I needed was somebody loved me. Behind him was my foster care mom. She said, I know your mom. I know your real mom. I said, how? She goes, she gave you to me. I said, why would she give me to you? She went, oh baby, I was your real mom's favorite teacher at school. I mean, come on, put it all together. They say I'm the number one communicator to young people in the world. I'm from foster care. My mom gave me away to a teacher who was married to the school janitor. I didn't have nothing else to do with my life. That's the way God works. He takes the tragedy that you're going through and turns it into triumph so the world can see. Yes. And that's all that's happening today. All I'm doing is moving rocks. Some of you, you've made mistakes. You've done things wrong. You wish you would never been there. You wish that never happened. You wish you never gone. Oh, you can't change your past. Your past is your history. But the decision you make today, that's your destiny. And Jesus is reaching into the hole of your shame, your pain, your sorrow. And he's saying, take my hand, son. Take my hand, daughter. It's okay. For once in your life, listen to the man, he good. And he could save you today. Y'all didn't see me coming, did you? It's all right. Told you I'm pastor's friend. And I'm a friend of God's. And he loves you. No matter what you've done, he loves you. I love the words that you sing. You said today, this is what you sang. There wasn't a day that you weren't by my side. I knew I was preaching the right sermon when they did this song. (laughs) There wasn't a day that you let me fall. In all my life, your love has been true. He's true. Today, I'm simply here to say it. Jesus loves you just the way you are. So don't you give up. I won't give up. Let him love you so it'll be a wonderful world. Jesus, thank you for every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl. Thank you that you love us just the way we are. God, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would just speak to someone's heart. God, you know, you know our yesterdays. We know our yesterdays, but God, you even know our tomorrows. But God, you have two paths. The one that we take on our own and the one that we take with you. God, I pray that you would help someone choose that path with you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. No one looking around. Do you know Jesus is walking by your tree right now? He's about to look up and say your name and say, I want to come live with you. Would you let him? I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you've done. I only know me. But if Jesus can save a brother like me, I know he can save you. So wherever you're buried today, whatever you're buried under, Jesus just moved that last big rock. And now he's reaching down saying, let me help you. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. We pray you've been blessed by today's message. We would love to meet you in person for service times and directions log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org or call the church office at 352-472-3284. Thanks again for listening. Destiny Community Church, for life's journey.